Backtalk is an extension of the long-running, award-winning movie review show, It's Movie Time, which airs Fridays at 4.01 and 8.01 p.m. on WCBE 90.5 FM, Columbus, Ohio. Hosted by John DeSando, this podcast version features additional content and banner with guests. I'm John DeSando. And I'm the guest, Mary Urena. And this is Backtalk, a documentary called Canary. Mary, we're not into ornithology here. (laughs) This is not our no, this is not our thing. But tell me, what is this canary? The canary is really the tropical mountain glaciers that up until the nineteen seventies had never really been studied. And Ohio State's Dr. Lonnie Thompson believed that that was an area that needed to be looked at. And this is the story of his life, the challenges that he's faced as a researcher, but also where that has taken him and the knowledge that it's enabled us to gain about how these mountain glaciers in the tropics are the canary in the coal mine with regards to climate change. Yeah. This is one of the most straightforward, honest documentaries you will ever see. (laughs) You know, I'm always very suspicious about people like Michael Moore who are bringing their big message, their own liberal, for instance, point of view uh, to the screen. And you can tell they're just manipulating. And what I really enjoyed about this documentary was its authenticity. Well, and I thought that was very reflective of Dr. Lonnie Thompson, who is co-director of the Bird Polar Research Center at The Ohio State University with his equally brilliant wife, Dr. Ellen Mosley Thompson. And in full disclosure, I am personal friends with them. (laughs) And I was aware of this documentary being made from the beginning. Um, One, I was really pleased to finally see it after hearing about it, knowing them and then seeing how his story as it mostly focuses on him, is told, I think is very reflective in your description of who they are as people. One of the things that I thought was really superior about this was that the documentary itself parallels Lonnie's, his own personality, which is pretty even keel, focused, straightforward, and even so impressively at one point, he says he's not sure he actually hasn't made a difference. When here is a a man of heroic stature with auditorium filled with people who are very interested in this subject, which was climate change. I mean, he's a climatologist, yet he is saying to you, I'm not sure that I have made a difference. What a wonderful uh, revelation, isn't it? It is, and very, very humble, and I would counter that. And they didn't really focus on his role as a professor, the number of people he has reached in terms of their education and inspiring them to enter this field of glaciology and or climate change, the sciences in general, you know, that's part of his legacy as well, not just the ice cores that he has drilled and keeps in storage at The Ohio State University for researchers around the world to request samples from and be able to look at what the history that's in these glaciers is able to tell us and really what he's doing in terms of his collection of these ice cores is these ice cores are disappearing and these may be the only records we will ever have of them going forward and what they can tell us about past events can inform future events. Yeah, and then over 20 years ago, I became just really aware of this with Al Gore. And I remember the image, and Lonnie has several of these images, the image of the receding glaciers. 
They take over a certain number of years, and you can see it receding. Right? But this documentary, Canary, puts me right there with Lonnie. It makes me cringe when I see people carrying freezers up on their back up a mountain, largely because you and I really avoid hero films, right? <laughs> I mean, we just are not people who will try to review the, the, even the, the newest Marvel film. It's just like raising your eyebrows and saying, like, but here we have actually a hero of major proportion. That's why I was so delighted to be here. He's called the nearest thing we have to yeah, I- Indiana Jones. Yes, that's one of the quotes from Nature magazine is that he's a real life Indiana Jones and he has experienced and they reference in one scene there were native people at one of the tropical glaciers he and his team were working on who felt that by working on that glacier their culture was that that's where their uh, the memories of their ancestors and the earth are and that by working up there and taking ice from there that he was he and his team were going to steal their memories and um, the memories of their ancestors and he had to work through those cultural (laughs) threatening opportunities we hear of sharpshooters in a somewhat of a war-torn contested area so he really does find himself based on his work in really unique circumstances and has been able to get through them much like indiana jones so i'm well, he's so humble he would never want no, to be but, referred to in that way but for lay people sure. like us who don't Look do at, what he does cinematically it works and yes. it, it gets people there that's but I, as you were describing that i remember when he was with the tribe and saying now how is he going to get out of this that's pretty powerful they're saying you're taking our culture you're stealing it and metaphorically yeah it, it works it works in every way But Lonnie comes back with, well, if we don't do this, there'll be no memory. Right. I thought, what an excellent response. this will be the last bit of the glacier that's left is the core that he takes. I got, hooray. That's my kind of hero. He's going to go nose to nose with them, and he's going to tell them the way it is. He says to them, when they say you're stealing our car, he says, yes, we are. He doesn't doesn't fudge it. He just straightforward tells them, yeah, that's what we're doing. (laughs) And if we don't do it. We're going to preserve it. And if we don't do it, that was. Oh, yeah. Well, and he does it. Without a fedora, without a whip, oh. without a gun. Yeah. Um, so, Though it does have like a pork pie hat or something that he, he wears. Well, yeah, I mean, sun protection. <laughs> One of the people who knows them well, she referred to Lonnie as being described as Clark Penn. If you were to yes. meet him at a party, he's so humble and unassuming, yep. you would not realize the magnitude of the impact that he's having on our knowledge yep. of the world. So I thought that was probably a more appropriate description um, that's a little more humble, where I would classify both, both Thompsons and, in their work. And, yeah, and uh, humble, perhaps, is a good word for um, me to describe what I think overall the film. It's a humble look at a, an earth-changing expedition for life, for Lonnie. And that's what I loved from the beginning. I loved the fact that I wasn't getting manipulated. My music, for instance, there's no music that you really feel moving you around. I think they have some in the background because this movie is about heroism and it's about Lonnie and Ellen. He is one of those interesting hero types who is so humble, like Clark Kent, that you can't help but just kind of be looking and saying, yeah. Well, and they did. I felt the filmmakers, Danny O'Malley and Alex Rivest, yeah. their goal 
was to make a series of these documentaries about scientists, scientist heroes, and hopefully inspire the next generation of scientists who will continue to carry this work forward and hopefully make the world a better place. They chose Lonnie Thompson, which I think was a great choice to be their first documentary, and they follow his story really from his humble beginnings in Gassaway, West Virginia, through his expedition in Peru up Calcaya, which was the first tropical glacier that they visited, and how they ended up being able to figure out how to get the equipment they needed up there um, from the very beginning and how things have evolved over time is truly portrayed. And I also felt they did a wonderful job um, because Lonnie has not been without challenges, but they're very good at humanizing him. And, and, and even though I know them, I was moved to tears a couple times <laughs> by their story oh, yeah. and the challenges that they have faced. And it has a very strong message at the end about climate change and what these glaciers as the canary in the coal mine are telling us about where the world is headed. And, and we're at a tipping point. And yeah. we have choices to make. And, and that's one of the reasons that they agreed to be in this documentary, particularly Lonnie and telling his story, is they want that message of true science and fact away from politicizing the issue to get out well, let's for talk. people to recognize. You were hinting at something that I was fascinated by in this, and that was the irony of Lonnie himself and of his pursuit, even going against the top climatologists in his business in pursuing these mountaintop ice core uh, thefts that he's doing. But there's something about him also that was ironic in this. Did you know where I'm going with this? And it has to do with what you want to talk about, Alani's uh, condition. Yes. yes. So we have a scientist who's climbing mountains around the world at, at tens of thousands of feet to collect these ice core samples before these glaciers disappear. And it turns out that about... 10 to 12 years ago, he started to suffer from congestive heart failure. Yep. Um, very serious. And the documentary actually takes you on that journey with him and his family as to first he lives with it. He continues to climb mountains, but it reaches a point and they tell him up front that the only way you'll really survive this is a heart transplant. But he lives with it for a while and is undecided as to what to do because it, as they say, at first you're in denial about it and that this is really happening to you. But when a heart became available they decided, mm -hmm. and he decided that he was going to go through with that. Well, and he, it's a very poignant part of the oh, film of telling his life story. The irony of it is that he denies his own heart condition, and he explains that this is, you know, like his climate deniers, this is the most natural thing to happen. Is If you have something like this, you're going to deny it right away. And he says, I'm human, and I denied it <laughs> to a point where he couldn't do that anymore. Right. That was that part of the authenticity of this film that I really enjoyed, and that without... Blowing it up too much, he did expose the literary side of all of this, which is when we have our heroes, but our heroes also have their Achilles heel, or they do have something. They're, that, they're human. Yes, they have human, human and, frailties and you, like everyone. You opened that with talking about this is the most humane movie. This is humanity, and that Lonnie's more like us 
than he is like our Marvel heroes. Very yeah. much so. Yeah. <laughs> I've you, never seen yeah. the man in a cape. I can verify that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, he's worth seeing, though, just to see a humble human being who has achieved more than you could ever dream. And he continues to do that. How many years later, six years after his heart transplant, he's still climbing these mountains? He's still climbing mountains. And in fact, a few days before John and I saw the film, he just got back from a month-long expedition back to Kalkaya. <laughs> to study the glacier once again. He continues to feel that he has something to offer the world and he's not done yet. And grateful to the family that decided to donate the heart of their son and grandson and brother who they lost. I don't know if you know this, but the family of the heart donor was at the screen. Were they? Okay. Yes. Was that Evan Wright or somebody? Yes, Yes, Evan Wright. Oh, now, Mary, I would be hopeful that Lonnie and Ellen would be able to listen to our show, even this back talk. I think they might. They might. All right. (laughs) And so I know that if Lonnie were here, he'd say, okay, guys, stop the gushing. Let's look at this movie as filmmaking. And I'd say, all right, I've got Mary here, and I trust her enough not to be that friend that has dinner with you every month, but rather a very fine film critic. So, Mary, did you see any places where the documentary could be improved? That's a good question and fair I do think there was nothing outstanding that made it a unique documentary. I think they they chose to focus more on his compelling story. I did think there was a little bit overuse of seemingly innocuous actions in following Lonnie and taking him into slow motion when he's opening a box or You're looking good. at something. You're good. Yeah. And, and that, to me, I understood they were trying to add visuals to the audio that they wanted to play at that time. But it slowed the progression of the story yeah. down to the point that I thought was unnecessary. I think that was an attempt artistically to parallel the movie with the man. And that's where I think they were very successful. The motion was even, like Lonnie, and it was not bombastic, and and that I appreciated. However, as filmmaking and drawing, say, even younger people into the audience, they might have been better to do less focusing on their subject, on Lonnie, because there were multiple shots of Lonnie, say, driving a car. And I know the voiceover is important here, but the image is nothing. It's just, right. right. They're, they're, they wasted a lot of time on almost superfluous images. And they needed to get off of Lonnie, which I'm sure if he were doing the final <laughs> editing, he would say, guys, don't you think there's enough of me in that? <laughs> Here's where I thought they also had more than they needed was the, the shots of the cores being stored. We had multiple times in which they cut to them putting the cores in there. Got yes. the idea. It's probably right there at the bird center, right? The, Yes, they must have refrigerators. They have a huge refrigeration (laughs) unit at the Bird Polar Research Center. What I really wanted, I really wanted to be there as they took a core apart, split it up, and did an analysis. They did not show the. They showed. They implied it, but didn't actually show. And I got it artistically. They would, if those two directors are here, they say this is about Lonnie, not about Ice. They got my attention. Which is one of the goals. So, bravo. Yes. So I think there's that contradictory part of the documentary, which in the end satisfies my urge not to be manipulated a la Michael Moore, but rather to be slowly drawn into the honesty of what they're presenting. What are the the facts and the data? They said, "What, what don't you see? 
Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I love that. You know, yeah, even if you don't <laughs> go into the analysis, from a, they do a very good job visually of showing what Lonnie has seen over the years, particularly with the Calcaya yes. Glacier in Peru. And that is how it has receded and how that is accelerating in the time that we're currently living in. I do wish, and there's beautiful shots. In fact, the film crew on his previous trip to Peru, a lot of the footage is they climbed the mountain with him and his Mm -hmm. team and they they spent months training and sleeping in hyperbaric chambers so they could be ready Mm -hmm. to ascend a, you know, multi-thousand foot mountain. And I wish there would have been even more footage of the struggles to get up the mountain and being on the mountain and the challenges that they face. They take you through the early stories, but not necessarily the Mm -hmm. more like, what's it like today Mm -hmm. to climb the mountain, especially with Mm -hmm. the changes Mm -hmm. that the mountain is experiencing with the glacier receding. So I wish there would have been more just because that's likely a place Many people who will see this film will never, never. get to. Right. <laughs> We're on this journey with Lonnie and his team and, and with the filmmakers. And I would have liked to probably have seen a little bit more oh, yeah. of that. But I'm coming from the non-scientific tradition of loving David Attenborough, A Life on This Planet, <laughs> which is really very slick filmmaking. It is very, very slick very, filmmaking. And that's why I appreciate Canary so much as I say, okay, I like seeing it as it is. But I think both you and I wanted more, and I understand why they don't. They don't have time, right. and they are focusing on an authentic American hero. So I, I got that. I just In any film, you can say, gee, I wish that. And both you and I wanted more of the guts of this. And the, some of the imagery is fine of them traipsing up the mountain as if they were from uh, an art in which they, from the long distance, you see them walking up the mountain. It's a great, <laughs> it's a great image. But like you, I say, please, please zoom in and so I can see this. So that, that why I always remember the guy carrying the freezer. Yeah. <laughs> I said, I hope that's not Lonnie. <laughs> <laughs> well, at one point, I think they all had to carry bits and pieces yeah. Oh, yeah. Of, yeah. Of, of how, especially in the early days of how they they were able to do this on a shoestring budget in oh, terms yeah. of some research grants. And along with Attenborough, the, the extreme of this would have to be in the humanities section that you introduced here and how humane a film this is. My Octopus Teacher <laughs> from Netflix. Yes. Uh, which is really the art end of it, but has the intersection of man and nature really has the same kind of thing going, but it's just so smooth, unreal. The filmmakers did a really good job of using old photographs and old footage so that you understood the the time of when things were actually happening. And so it's not overproduced in that no, sense. No, definitely not. Um, and I was really glad they made the choice to use real photographs and yes. real footage and not reenacting oh. things um, because or- that... <laughs> That would have just rung so false. And I'm not a fan of documentaries that do that when it's not necessary. Certainly, we won't have footage of um, explorers from centuries ago to fall back on. And they do the reenactments. But in this case, there was no need to. And I'm glad they chose not and to. Yes. I also appreciated the fact that a lot of the cinematography is not up to date. I know some is archival, but I even think the lenses and cameras they had, which must have been smaller than they would have liked to have had, don't give the crisp, clear, beautiful, colored National Geographic 
It wasn't type. shot in IMAX. It was not. And I, I just thought, I don't need it because I really feel as if I'm there with them and I'm not going to see some gussied up image. Right. I, like with the, I like the way they do it. So Mary Arena, the film is Canary. And this is your good friend, Lonnie Thompson. And I am an admirer from a distance. We are both very appreciative that Lonnie and his wife, Ellen, have been here in Columbus, Ohio for how many years and still directing the Bird Center? The Bird Polar Research Center. Center. Somebody said when I was walking into our screening, isn't it great to have a celebrity here? (laughs) <laughs> and I Were said, they talking about you, John? No, they not. And that's what dismayed me, but I was very happy at the same time. Lonnie was actually being his usually gracious self, having photos taken of him and signing it. And I said, yes. And I said, he's, he's a local boy. He is, and his story is compelling. And I would encourage our listeners and viewers, if you're watching this on our YouTube channel, to make an effort to go see this film in the theaters. It'll, it's at the Gateway Film Center now. It's being released nationwide through AMC and Regal uh, theaters. His story is compelling, it's moving, and it's also compelling with regards to the message that he and Ellen wanted to share through this film of what is happening to the earth during the industrial age and that we are at a critical point and nothing illustrates that more than what he has witnessed and that we're given the opportunity to witness with him. It's worth a trip to the theater for this 90-minute documentary. And my only comfort here is that about 100 years from now, there'll be some graduate student who will be analyzing our show as local responses (laughs) to to climate change as as we're all getting ready to pack off to another planet. They say, did anybody see this coming? Well, here, let's show you. Well, I hope it doesn't come to that, and I hope we heed the call. (laughs) 